Our lesson today comes from the uh, book of Romans, Paul's letter to the church in Rome. I'm reading from chapter 13, the first eight verses. We listened for God's word. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you wish to have no fear of the authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive its approval For it is God's servant for your good. But if you do what is wrong, you should be afraid. For the authority does not bear the sword in vain. It's the servant of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. For the same reason, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are good servants, busy with this very thing. Pay to all what is due to them, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due. This is the word of the Lord. You may have heard me talk about the placard that hangs in an important place in my study in uh, the Virginia building on the third floor. The placard is right there on the bookshelf to remind me prominently of something that helps me. The placard says, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I've talked about this before. I want to talk about it this week. That phrase has been particularly helpful to me this week, especially as the megastorm Sandy skirted up the coast of the eastern seaboard and crashed into New York and New Jersey. The massive force of nature caused such destruction and mayhem. I'm sure you've seen the reports and seen the photos. Many lives lost, many businesses ruined, billions of dollars in economic damage and loss, and lots of emotional carnage. We're reminded once again that we live in a dangerous and uncertain world. This is how the world works. The main thing for me is to keep remembering that we belong to God. That we are loved and held by God no matter what happens to us. And that our lives as God's people have a particular focus. We're to strive to follow Jesus to love and help spread kindness and hope wherever we find ourselves. It's easy to forget these things when the storms hit and life can be so full of heartache, so sad, so discouraging. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That phrase also has helped me in many recent weeks As we come up, and it can't come soon enough, to Tuesday and Election Day. We've all, in this swing state, been inundated with ads and endless campaigning and lots of negativity and political rhetoric. In fact, in the last few days, I've had So many phone calls to my house. 
Megan, whoever she is, from the RNC, (laughs) has called me at least 14 times in the last few days. Veronica called also from some unknown political action committee several times. And I have had a personal phone call from Vice President Joe Biden (laughs) at my house. And guess what? Clint Eastwood also called me. (laughs) Isn't that something? Got a personal phone call from Bobby Scott, my congressman, from Tim Kaine, our former governor. And yesterday, even Mitt Romney called. I'll be glad when the phone stops ringing during this election campaign. Seriously, the last major election in 2008 had a feel and a slogan even of hope. And this year's campaign with the billions spent and the polarized 50-50 division almost everywhere across the country and with it all coming down, all of it, to just a few undecided voters in Ohio, it seems like despair can take over or is taking over. There's even speculation that the Electoral College is going to end in a tie. It's that close. It can feel that uh, heavy and discouraging. I read an article this week that confirmed that George Washington was the only person elected president of the United States with a unanimous vote of the Electoral College. (laughs) Following his election, Washington appointed one of the most distinguished cabinets to ever serve in the history of our country, including Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson, the Secretary of Treasury and the Secretary of State, differed on national policies and the size of government and the way government should be involved and how foreign affairs would affect our country. But Washington managed to hold them together for four years, promoting national unity and working for the common good. But eventually, that great war hero of the American Revolution couldn't hold his cabinet together and partisan politics emerged. But has it ever been this bad? Senator Chris Coons is a senator from Delaware who was elected in 2010. He recently noted that in his short time in the Senate, that august chamber, how the prayers of the chaplain of the U.S. Senate have taken on a very different tone in just two years. The chaplain's prayers, he says, have grown decidedly urgent, more pointed, and more explicit in asking God to bring unity. The chaplain sees what many of us see, Partisanship and division are worse than ever. Our leaders seem to be focused on ideology instead of effective, faithful government for the common good. Our leaders seem rarely to be thinking about what is best for the nation, but rather victory over the enemy. Distrust, disdain, carry the day instead of creative compromise for a better America. This is why the phrase helps me. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. 
See, this is God's world. It is still. And we are God's people. We are still. And we have work to do to promote God's reign, no doubt. A lot of work to do. But our lives are always held and lived in a larger context. Beyond politics and within the sovereignty of God. And nothing can separate us from God's love. Today's passage from Romans 13 also helps me and I hope helps all of us, especially as we move toward election day. Just when we're leery of our polarized leaders, just when we might feel despair about the whole political prospects and possibilities and process, The Apostle Paul reminds us, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. Because governing authorities are good, and governing authorities exist for ordering of a good society. We are to be, we are to see government and to see authority figures as servants of God. Paul says, God has placed government for good. I think today we should take comfort in this message. We should take comfort in this message in some part because remember, Paul was not writing in a democratic society. He was writing in the first century when he had zero say about government, no voice and no vote. He was writing in the first century as a Christian, a persecuted Christian, in fact, under the emperor Nero. Nero had a reputation of imperial arrogance. Nero wasn't interested in justice. Nero's government would even be considered far worse than anything we might look around and find today in many ways. But here's Paul's main point. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. It comes in Jesus. And it will come finally and fully in God's good time. We need not get into quarrels with lesser lords. That's Paul's point. Government, even taxes, he says, are important parts of life. Yes, even taxes. We must live in community together. And government can become a tool for The ordering of God's purposes for a wholesome, hopeful society and common life. Paul's word here to us is that it's not about left or right. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about obeying authorities. It's about living with honor and respect. In fact, he gives those words pretty great emphasis in this short little passage from Romans 13. Honor and respect... And we would all do well to listen to those words in these days. Honor and respect, these are traits of faithful Christians. Christians are meant to be good citizens who pay taxes, who work for the common good. And he writes this when Christians were not even considered citizens. But he knows that a good society is run by officials and good citizens live with honor and respect. Paul's also standing in a long line of Jewish tradition. In many places in the Old Testament, you can see this. At various times in history, God uses leaders, whether they know it or not. 
God uses leaders to serve God's purposes because God is sovereign. Leaders can be used by God. God's reign is what matters. We have to stay focused on that. God can actually work through whoever is elected this week. So we strive for honor and respect and pay our taxes and be good citizens. So we go to the polls on Tuesday. I hope you'll go to the polls. I hope all of us can go and vote and not give in to the despair or the discouragement of these days. You might be relieved that I'm not going to tell you how to vote today. (laughs) But I am going to urge you to think about some things as your pastor. I'm going to say, think about these things as you go. Certainly go and vote. But don't just go and vote. Go to vote in the full confidence that you are not first a member of a political party with a political agenda. You are first and foremost a disciple of Jesus Christ. Vote with that on your mind and in your heart. You are known and loved by God. You are called to love God and love others. Go and vote with that on your mind and heart. That means... That all of us must strive to set aside some of the inherent self-interest that we always carry around. Most of us tend to vote with what feels best for me and my family and my money and my season of life. Yet faithful life, friends, is not primarily about me and my and mine. Faithful life is about God and about what God calls us to be about in God's greater purposes, living toward the reign of God. Faithful life is about trying to move the world closer toward God's reign and God's purposes. And that would include something more than what's just good for me and my family and my household and my kids. It would include the good life, but it would also include the good life, a better life for those who have less. That's what God cares about. That would include not just peace and wholeness and hope for my kids and your kids. It would include peace and wholeness and hope for the whole world. Some in this campaign might say that biblical values are mostly about marriage between a man and a woman. Let me remind you that biblical values include extreme care and justice for the poor and the ostracized and the needy. Some in this election argue that sanctity of life is about abortion. But let me remind you that biblical values say sanctity of life is also about full life for everyone, that would include issues of guns and violence on our streets. That would include issues about our deteriorating planet. That would include issues that bring despair to people across the world. When you go to the polls, vote. But consider Jesus' call to follow. Jesus says, follow me and point life toward the kingdom of God for all people. Jesus says, follow me. And Jesus is always advocating for those who are downtrodden. I'm pretty sure God wants us 
to address these things. You get the point, I hope. Real faith demands that we vote with real faith, not just our self-interests, but God's interests. Because God keeps calling us beyond ourselves. In every page of Scripture, God is calling us beyond ourselves to be kingdom people, agents of God's love and hope for the whole world. So as I've been saying across many weeks here, we have to live out our faith. And we live it out in our relationships. And we live it out in our homes. And we live it out in our workplaces. And we live it out with how we spend and use our money. And we live it out with how we vote. We're all ministers. Ministers called to do God's work in the world. You, me, all of us. Follow, love, and serve. There's an old saying that says, faith and politics don't go together. It's probably thought up by Pharaoh when Moses was standing in front of him and saying, let God's people go. It's probably thought up by Pontius Pilate when Jesus was urging people, think about the kingdom of God and not just think about the emperor. I think faith and politics do go together. We have to live out our faith in every realm of our lives. How we live and act, even with how we vote, how we strive for faithful discipleship in every moment. God wants us to be continually transformed on the journey of discipleship. May God bless us on this journey. And as we gather at this table today, may we taste and see that God is good. May we remember that God is ever present with us. And may we know that God is feeding us for that journey of discipleship and transformation. All glory and honor, praise and thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Show us the way to faith and life, O God. We seek to trust you and serve you following Jesus. Amen.